This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 4, verse 12, it says, Indeed, the Word of God is living and effective, sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating even between soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and able to discern reflections and thoughts of the heart. Yes, the Word of God is living and effective today in my life and in yours. And that's the very reason why I'm offering this weekly podcast where I reflect upon the liturgical scripture readings for the Sunday Mass. So now, please join me on Faith Moments with Dina Marie as we break open the Word of God together, inviting His Word to change our lives forever. Greetings and welcome to Faith Moments with Dina Marie, a weekly podcast where we ponder and proclaim the Sunday Mass readings. This upcoming Sunday is the 30th Sunday in Ordinary Time. We're at the end of October. We enter into a new month. In fact, the last month of the liturgical year is in November, while our calendar will extend it through December. We close on the Feast of Christ the King, and then we begin a new liturgical calendar with the coming of Advent. So there's a lot going on. I really invite you as we as we read and ponder and really study these readings as we get into November things are really going to focus us in on our mission our goal uh the goal of eternal life so I want to also invite you to look ahead at the calendar because in November, we have November 1st, the Feast of All Saints Day, which is a holy day of obligation. The solemnity for this feast, All Saints Day, is so important that the church has said that this day, no matter what day of the week it falls, we're going to treat this as we treat a Sunday Mass with that same obligation to attend. So it's a Holy Day of Obligation, which means the church invites us to come to Mass and that we are obliged to come to Mass on November 1st. So look ahead at your parish communities that are around you, where you work, wherever you are. It is during the work week, but get to Mass, whether it's in the morning, midday, or evening. Find an opportunity to get to Mass on the 1st of November. And then the second day of November is called All Souls Day, an opportunity for us to pray as a universal church together for all the faithful departed, all of the people from all times uh, who have died. We pray for them and we pray for their journey to eternal life. It's just a beautiful time in the church. I think as the seasons change here in the Pacific Northwest, it's just been glorious to see the bright red, orange, and yellow colors of the leaves, and they're coming down, you know, and they leave those trees barren. Uh, But we know that new life is coming. The spring will bud forth, and new life in Jesus Christ is coming and is here in our hearts today. So let's get into our readings for this 30th Sunday in Ordinary Time. As I was reflecting on these readings, one of the themes that I found for myself is what's at the heart of your motivation? What's at the heart of my motivation? What ignites me to act? 
to ask, to be, to do. What is that heart of the motivation for me and for you? And so listen to the readings and maybe think about, you know, what really motivates you? How are you motivated to act and to interact with others? And we'll hear uh, maybe what Jesus has to say about that. We begin on this 30th Sunday in ordinary time with the collect prayer. And there's three words that are going to jump out to you. And so let's pray this prayer together. And I just want to mention these words, because again, as we talk about what's the heart of your motivation, this is where I think we really are invited to look. Let's pray in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty ever living God, increase our faith hope, and charity, and make us love what you command, so that we may merit what you promise through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. And there's those three beautiful words, faith, hope, and charity. Or we can say faith, hope, and love is those virtues, those very basic virtues that we're called to develop and foster over our lives that are going to guide us into a more intimate and strong relationship with Jesus Christ to head us to our goal, which is eternal life. So keep those words in mind as you hear these readings for this 30th Sunday in Ordinary Time. Our first reading is a reading from the book of Exodus, chapter 22. Thus says the Lord, you shall not molest or oppress an alien, for you were once aliens yourselves in the land of Egypt. You shall not wrong any widow or orphan. If ever you wrong them and they cry out to me, I will surely hear their cry. My wrath will flare up, and I will kill you with the sword. Then your own wives will be widows, and your children orphans. If you lend money to one of your poor neighbors among my people, you shall not act like an extortioner toward him by demanding interest from him. If you take your neighbor's cloak as a pledge, you shall return it to him before sunset. For this cloak of his is the only covering he has for his body. What else has he to sleep in? If he cries out to me, I will hear him, for I am compassionate. The word of the Lord. Our responsorial psalm comes from Psalm 18. I love you, Lord, my strength. I love you, O Lord, my strength. O Lord, my rock, my fortress, my deliverer. I love you, Lord, my strength, my God, my rock of refuge, my shield, the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. Praised be the Lord, I exclaim, and I am safe from my enemies. I love you, Lord, my strength. The Lord lives, and blessed be my rock. Extolled be God, my Savior, you who gave great victories to your king, and showed kindness to your anointed. I love you, Lord, my strength. Our second reading is a reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Thessalonians. Brothers and sisters, you know what sort of people we were among you for your sake, and you became imitators of us and of the Lord, receiving the word in great affliction with joy from the Holy Spirit 
so that you became a model for all the believers in Macedonia and in Achaia. For from you, the word of the Lord has sounded forth, not only in Macedonia and in Achaia, but in every place your faith in God has gone forth, so that we have no need to say anything. For they themselves openly declare about us what sort of reception we had among you, and how you turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to await his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who delivers us from the coming wrath. The word of the Lord. Our gospel reading is a reading from the gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 22. When the Pharisees heard that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together, and one of them, a scholar of the law, tested him by asking, Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? He said to him, You shall love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and the first commandment. The second is like this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. The whole law and the prophets depend on these two commandments. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So let's go back to the first reading, and this is a reading from Exodus. And if you go into Exodus, it, you could maybe get lost and you could maybe go, wow, there are a lot of rules and a lot of laws and things that we don't don't really pertain to our life today. And so I would say don't get caught up in the milieu because these are the these are the uh, commandments that are coming to Moses from God to really look at all the different things that were going on in the lives of the people, the Israelites at this time. And so there's a whole litany. I mean, a couple of chapters of just how you are to live, what, how you are to treat this or that or the other person. But in the, in the core of what God is, is sharing with Moses and Moses is going to share it with the people is that everything we do, how we interact with our neighbor, how we interact with our enemy, how we interact with somebody who has offended us, stems from a cornerstone of love. And, and the Lord is even saying, if I see that you violate another person, and, and this talks about some specific ways, violating widows, violating orphans, you know, being an extortioner, I will hear the cry of the people. The Lord hears the cry of the poor is a very prominent psalm. And so we have to remember that at the core of this, don't get caught up in the slaves or whatever the different details are in this. God wants us to live and interact and to be part of a community with a cornerstone of love, love that comes from God. Because at the end of this short reading, it says, I will hear him. The Lord will hear the cry of the poor. Why? Because he is compassionate. The Lord is compassionate. The Lord is love. It's not like the Lord can change his moods like we do. We can be happy one moment and sad and angry the next. Our emotions can change at the just like that, not with the Lord. 
because the Lord is love. He's constant. He's constant in his love. And so that's the call is how we are to treat one another, how we are to live in society is based upon that love from God. And to realize that when we violate that, that there is a consequence, you know, and and the Lord has some pretty hefty consequences here. But the bottom line is, yes, there is a consequence because there's a judgment when we violate another person, when we violate the law of love. And the Lord is always compassionate. Do we think that the Lord doesn't know about the war in the Holy Land right now? He knows. He knows He knows things that are hidden in your own homes, you know, with the homeless and the domestic violence and the human trafficking, the horrible things, the atrocities that person against person inflicts upon one another and upon themselves. But the Lord is compassionate. And he is good. He is filled with love. The psalm reflects this. It's a pretty long psalm. And I didn't bring my Bible right in front of me but today. But Psalm 18, if you go in and read Psalm 18, it's a couple of pages. And this is a praise to God in the, in the midst of a victory. I love you, Lord, my strength. The strength in our victory doesn't come from my brute strength or my intellectual strength or my keen and strategic strength. No, it comes from the Lord. So we have to recognize where our strength comes from. And it does come from the Lord. And this Psalm really beautifully reminds us of that fact that the Lord is our savior. The Lord is our rock. We get our strength that leads us if we're in a leadership position. And really most of us in some way, whether it's in our homes, your prayer circle, your school, your church, even just on the road, you're in a leader leadership position. If you are driving safely and joyfully and following the rules. You know, most people aren't, at least where I'm driving. Uh, Wow. But be the leader, be the one who is grounded in love and respect and dignity for one another. All right. In St. Paul, and we're just coming, if you remember last week, we got the very opening of the first letter of St. Paul to the Thessalonians. And now it's going a little bit further What I like about this writing from St. Paul is I think about right now it's, it's in the fall season. People are back to school. There's faith formation classes. There's formation classes for children, all different age groups. And then we have in the Catholic church, a program, which I took in 1998 and 1999, which is called the right of initiation for uh, RI for Christian adults or in the order of initiation of Christian adults is now the title has been changed a little bit, but it's an opportunity for men and women who are discerning becoming Catholic. And maybe you have a Christian background, maybe you have no Christian background and you desire to know more about the sacramental life, the teachings of the Catholic church, and to one day receive the sacraments, the culmination of those sacraments from baptism, confirmation, and then Holy Eucharist. And so St. Paul is is talking about being imitators of the Lord. And I think about you're in a class setting, 
And my husband and I are part of a small team of parishioners with our pastor and one of our deacons to help walk with people, to help provide education and formation and encouragement and prayer for people to learn about the Catholic faith. And so when Paul says, and he's talking to this group of people, you became imitators of us and of the Lord. So I think about my role as whether I am in an RCIA class and I'm helping to teach. We just taught on the Paschal mystery, big topic, or I'm in a retreat, which I'm going to be doing in November. I'm going to be talking with a group of women in Wilsonville. And I don't necessarily want them to be imitators of me, Dina Marie, but I want them to be imitators of who I love, Jesus Christ. And I hope and pray that in, in the way that I teach or the way that I share or the way that I unpack things or just in the way that I am, that, that those who come in contact with me will become imitators of me, but really imitators of Christ. And what Paul encourages and, and points out in this, he says, and you became imitators of us, the teachers of the people, and of the Lord, receiving the word in great affliction. You know, and, and typically when we come to learn, it's when there's something not right in our lives. At least that was the case for me. I knew that there was something more I needed. I knew there was suffering that was going into my life. I knew I was kind of hitting my head against a dead, a dead, a, a, a dead end. And so I was, I was in affliction, spiritual affliction. And so were the people of Thessalonia. And so Paul is giving them hope in Jesus Christ. And he says, you received the word, the word of the Lord, they received Jesus with joy, how? From the Holy Spirit. Oh, I love this. Because Paul is tying in what you've received from us is the word of God from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the paraclete. He's the wisdom. He's the counselor. He's the interceder. The, it's then the Holy Spirit that's going to help us. You know, I think about we used to have encyclopedias. We just were at a library. Our local library had this book sale and they had a whole room full of books and videos and a lot of old books and, and, and collections of books. And they had these collections of encyclopedias. And I went, oh, I, I remember loving my set of Encyclopedia Britannicas. And, you know, you had A through Z and you had all of these different topics and you could just open up the book and there would be pictures and you could learn. Yeah, this was like a forefront, a forecasting of the internet, but I loved the books. I think today there's a, could be a good case to go back to encyclopedias. But we had that book, but you had to, you could have the books beautifully on your shelf and they looked beautiful all, all up there in the line. But are you going to take the book down and open it up and turn to the page of the particular topic? I'm going to learn about Greece and I'm going to learn about where Greece is and the population of Greece and the language and the money and the all, culture are you going to actually go in and read and learn and glean from that? You know, the Holy Spirit is kind of like that because we receive the Holy Spirit in baptism, in confirmation, in all of the sacraments. We receive the gift of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit lives within us. 
but are we going to open up the Holy Spirit and ask for those gifts to be used? And so many people don't. So many people don't. And so that's that book sitting on the shelf. How many of you still have a library? I mean, I've got four rooms that still have big libraries, but do you have books that you've never opened up and read so that they're not able to help you in your daily walk? And so Paul is pointing out that with the Holy Spirit, you became a model for all the believers. You know, we don't become a model of all believers on our own self-enlightenment. Oh my goodness, you know, uh, only through humiliation, only through mistakes, only through going to confession a lot, you know, can we even try to become a model for others? And it's just in humility and saying, you know, I didn't get it right all the time, but I want to be with people who want to learn more about the truth and about the word and about the Lord. And if we're willing to do that with a, with a genuine heart, the Holy Spirit is going to open up and we're going to learn to share that beauty of our faith. The gospel acclamation, which I didn't read, but I'm going to read right now. It comes from John 14 says this. And the gospel acclamation is, is proclaimed right before the gospel is proclaimed in mass. So it's either your deacon or the priest is going to come up and proclaim the gospel and, or it might be actually sung by your choir or a cantor, but here are the words and they're beautiful. Whoever loves me will keep my word, says the Lord, and my father will love him and we will come to him. Whoever loves me will keep my word and my father will love him and we will, and we, my father and Christ will come to him. Well, how did we learn to love the Lord? Through the Holy Spirit, the Holy Trinity is invoked in this sense of this relationship with us and with God and our heavenly father. So here's the question in the gospel from Matthew. And in Matthew, the last couple of weeks, we've been hearing all of these questions, the Sadducees, the Pharisees, the Herodians, they're all asking questions of Jesus. Are they asking questions of Jesus because they want to know the right answer? No. They're asking questions of Jesus to trip him up, to try to figure out a way that we can imprison him, we can discredit him, we can squash him, we can kind of put to, to put to rest this band of brothers and sisters that are following him. He is an absolute obstacle for us. He's an obstacle for the Romans. He's an obstacle for the Jews, the Jewish leaders, the Pharisees, even the Herodians. They don't get along but they're trying to come together in different ways to do something to squash Jesus. And so now they're asking, and here's a scholar of the law, you know, asking this question, but it says in the gospel tested him by asking. It's not like he really wanted to know, you know, I think about if you've been in a classroom setting and you really want to know from your instructor, because that instructor is a professor of X theology, philosophy, mathematics, whatever. And you really want to know, how does this work? And you come with that inquisitive mind, with this really desire to learn and to grow and to know the truth. I'm seeking the truth. 
This is not the Pharisees. This is not the scholar of the law. The motivation of this scholar is not to seek what commandment is the greatest. No. And Jesus sees right through that. He's only been attacked by so many other scholars of the law or these great leaders in the particular church communities. But he just says to them, you shall love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest. What are we going back to? Moses, God speaking to Moses, underlying all of those commandments is love. Do I intentionally, with genuineness in my heart, will the good of another? My friend, my foe, the one who I disagree with, do I will the good for the other, every other? Do I will the good? And the greatest good of every other person, including ourselves, is eternal life. Do I will for the person I disagree with, for the person that I am in an argument with, for the person that I have a conflict with, the person I see who just went through the red light, the person that I saw rob the bank, do I will the best for the other, the greatest good for the other, God's grace? Do I will for them? And that's at the core, right? The, the, whole, the whole law and the prophets depend upon love God, love neighbor. And so that's the point. What motivates you? What motivates your heart when you ask a question, when you seek doing this or that, your actions, are your actions motivated by love? Is your interaction with another person at work, on the street, in your home, at coffee and donuts? It's political season. Oh my goodness. We get calls all the time. Political call. It can be very challenging. There's a lot of emotions that come up. Here's this tax. Here's this person in this issue. Go on and on. And, and we can lose our cool pretty easily. Will we ground ourselves so that our conversations, our actions, our behaviors are rooted in love? And when we ask questions, are we asking questions to entrap another person? Or are we asking questions because we really truly want to know the truth and we're seeking the truth? See, look at all the questions that these leaders were asking Jesus. They weren't asking those questions to learn, to grow, to know about God. They were asking questions out of their ego, out of their pride, out of their skepticism, they were motivated by doubt and they were motivated by, I want to prove that I'm right. That big ego is just going to be your downfall. So as I look at these readings, again, it reminds us that whatever relationship I have, whatever role that I have to play, teaching my children, working in this RCIA class, being involved in a particular ministry, being involved in a secular committee at work. You know, I was involved in a health and safety committee where I worked in the restaurant industry. 
You know, how am I working on the behalf of the good of others amongst my employees, my fellow employees, or in my particular community? Look in your particular situation. And are you motivated by love? And go back to the gospel. Go back to, I love you, Lord, my strength. I don't have that strength. No, you don't. I don't. You know where that strength comes from? The Holy Spirit. So call on the Holy Spirit. If you have been baptized, if you have received confirmation, if you have received your first Holy Communion, go to confession, get clean, and get ready for your next reception of Holy Eucharist. That could be on All Saints Day or all on All Souls Day. And to ask the Holy Spirit for that gift of grace so that you can ask questions, you can behave from a love and a, and a heart that is your motivation for how you live your life, that the motivation that you live your life, that I live my life is through my love of God. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. You have been listening to Faith Moments with Dina Marie. Reflections upon the liturgical scripture readings for the Sunday Mass. New podcast episodes are released weekly through the generous support of Mater Day Radio. To learn more about Faith Moments with Dina Marie, visit me online at dinamarie.org. That's dinamarie.org. May you have a blessed week. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.